Hi, everyone. Welcome to Meet the Rockadopolis. I'm Yislike Rockadopolis. And I'm Lance Rockadopolis. Today's episode is part three of our discussion of objectification. So without further ado, number seven, denial of subjectivity, the treatment of a person as something whose experiences and feelings don't need to be taken into account. So this is another very gendered type of objectification. The first thing that comes to mind for me is all of the ways that my experiences have been dismissed and ignored by men in my life. But when I get some self-identified submissive men doing that, uh, that's a very good sign to move on. I think a lot of men are trained to repress their feelings and try not to acknowledge them. So there might be some envy going on here. They're actually saying to themselves, uh, why does my significant other get to express her feelings? Wow, that is a very interesting thing that you just said. It's like basically men are objectifying themselves. Hmm, I was thinking more that there may be also a fear of being manipulated. That there is this notion in some men, and I would call it heartless, that they have to remain strong and not be manipulated through some woman's tears or some other expression of, you know, genuine expression of feelings. It's one thing to be like, don't cry around me because my mother did and it made me feel bad. It's another thing to completely ignore or to totally dismiss a person's ideas. How can you have a decent conversation with someone if you can't show interest in their thoughts and experiences and perceptions of the world around them? In kink, isn't denial of subjectivity exactly what a masochist is looking for from a sadist? They want someone, in a kink session at least, who will disregard all their whining and crying and continue to hurt them and use them as objects. Obviously, it would be problematic for some, myself included, to be with someone who disregards one's feelings outside of that context. Yeah, and it seems like it's an extremely common kink. And maybe I do want you to tie me up again, because, you know, like feeling completely sort of without any agency over one's body, even though I did. I mean, even having just a little bit less agency over my body opened me up to a lot of different pleasure. So certainly I can see in a kinky play situation, in any kind of sexual, physical pleasure situation, <laughs> that could be really helpful. Don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> it's definitely fun <laughs> to lose control like that or yeah, just be restrained. Yeah, but outside of kink, we really don't do that. Yeah, and you know, when I'm, and when I'm topping, which is 99.99% of the time, it's going to be about the mixture of pain and pleasure. Yeah, it is so wrong to ignore another person's pain. I know in the right context, it does get me excited to be treated like an object. For me, it's hilarious and very earned. <laughs> and it feels very, very transgressive. 
Okay, number eight, reduction to body. This is where you're treating a person and identifying them just as a body or body parts. In Vanilla, you mentioned trophy wives uh, in the previous episode. Is that an example of what we're talking about, reducing someone to just their body? Partly, but to my mind, trophy wives aren't just about their body. When I think of trophy wives, I think of men who are climbing the corporate ladder or who have already reached the top and want to show off to other men that they can attract the perfect woman, the woman who has everything. A Pamela Anderson type would not make a good trophy wife. In addition to being sexy and beautiful, trophy wives have to be charming and accomplished. They can't be bimbos. That's still a kind of objectification, right? That would be the instrumentality piece that we talked about in the last episode. So is the vanilla example of reduction to body a man gazing inappropriately at her body parts and inappropriately commenting on them? Yeah, but that's just a tiny part of it. The bigger picture includes things like abortion rights, some types of sex work, even breastfeeding. I mean, the original nurses were human milk jugs used so that aristocratic women could produce more babies ASAP. But, you know, I must admit that I was very proud of my ability to produce copious amounts of breast milk when I was breastfeeding. When I stopped breastfeeding, I had a three-month supply of extra milk in the freezer. I'm still proud of that. I still gloat over that. (laughs) And also, I live in a very liberal area, and I breastfed everywhere. You know, whenever it was time to breastfeed, it didn't really matter where I was. And it didn't even occur to me that whipping out my boob would offend anyone, whether it was in a restaurant or in a public park. I love doing it. It just felt very powerful and very, I felt very valuable. I was feeding a baby from my body with the best possible food that they could get, the highest quality food. But it wasn't like I was making it. I wasn't chefing my <laughs> my breast milk. It was just coming out of me. I, you know, I didn't make that happen through my will and skill. Of course, lactation is a kink. One guy I was thinking about playing with really wanted me to do it, uh, which really grossed me out because especially the fact that I would have to take hormones that could potentially give me cancer in order to produce the milk Like, I even told him that, and he still did not take that as a no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah. I I don't understand it, and I'm not going to judge, but, um, yeah, that's kind of weird that he pressed you on that. Yeah. Days of messaging trying to coax me into doing it. Yeah, but in, in regards to kink, this, I think, is what subs want. I mean, to have that guy pressure you is ridiculous, but that's a big thing. They want to be reduced to just sexual objects and, and have their doms use them for their pleasure. Well, it seems like a common fantasy. And I know it's a fantasy of yours. But you also get very pissy when you don't feel heard. You insist on having your own voice on the podcast, and that's good. But it's definitely not an example of you wanting to be a hunk of meat. 
Yeah, a hunk of meat wouldn't be able to respond or contribute to the podcast. So uh, it's like Lars von Trier says in Kingdom, you've got to take the good with the evil. So you're saying that using your mind is a necessary evil. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So what kind of a reduction to the body do we do? I, you know, I care a lot more about your mind and heart than your body. I do love your body. It's great that you have a body. But I know that you like the idea of being treated just as a body. I know you like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I do. I do like to be physically pushed around and manipulated. And we've talked about that in previous episodes. I do want to be your sex slave. And I do want to please you physically. And I'm pleased by the beauty of your body and the strength of it. Mostly, though, what I love is just being able to do whatever I want with it. I also love that you're very physically affectionate. You are very loving with your body. It really is my pleasure as well. It's just a positive way to go through life, just, just to be physically affectionate. You're the most affectionate person I've ever been with. Number nine, reduction to appearance. The treatment of a person primarily in terms of how they look or how they appear to the senses. According to market research from Groupon, American women spend an average of $3,756 on their appearance. Men spend an average of $2,928. That's surprising. I don't think I spend that much. I don't think I spend close to $3,700 on my appearance either. And I don't know any women who do. But what about the kink world? Expecting or being expected to look a certain way is prevalent in kink, at least in my opinion. There's these stereotypical looks that people have. How would you describe how kinksters are expected to look? You know, the leather or latex clad dominatrix in high heels or the male doms in leather pants and without a shirt and just have like a some kind of vest or jacket and top that off with a goofy hat. Fine doms especially seem to pay a great deal of attention to their appearance. I've noticed that there are a lot of very put-together fine doms on Twitter, especially. They tend to be really, really creative with their personas and their outfits. We talked about this on an episode way back in season one. It's very impressive. I don't know how much money they're getting out of it. I also see ads from pro-doms who are dressed very gothy, like Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, or Morticia, or with the stereotypical black leather and the thigh-high boots. I rarely see them in real life, but I do occasionally. Yeah, we did at the DomCom LA. There were some nicely dressed pro-doms there. Yeah, we did, and they were very dressed to the type. And they were very cool looking, but they were very much definitely pro-doms, and there were maybe 10 of them. And I think that most of them were the students of Damiana Chi, who has a pro-dom school. 
Yeah, I know I spent a lot of time in my physical appearance. A lot of energy went into my physical fitness. And part of the motivation of that was to basically prepare myself for my future dom. I like wearing makeup and nice clothes, but usually only when I'm going somewhere special. I do spend a fair amount of time and money on my skin and on my hair when I feel like I can afford it. Hair is definitely the biggest beauty expense for me. With regard to clothing, I think my ideal dom uniform would be something very close to the dark academia vibe, but with more form-fitting clothes and more cleavage. Kind of like a hot-for-teacher thing, but tweedier and more gothy. Someday I will have a legitimate occasion to dress like that, but these days I just sort of sit in my home office, and so there's really no point for me to get dressed up. On the other hand, the reality is that if I do want to get serious about finding additional subs, having an attractive appearance is not going to hurt, you know, no matter how the ratio is in my favor. But the idea that I should try to follow some kind of standard of kink fashion is really absurd, and I don't know of any lifestyle doms who do that. Any femdom who shows up at a kinky event dressed to the nines in a black latex mini dress and thigh-high leather boots will immediately be identified as either some kind of professional or an absolute beginner. Right, and you're talking about like the play parties that we get uh, invited to occasionally? Well, I was thinking more dungeons because I don't see that at play parties. People might get dressed up a little bit, but it's more like cosplay, you know, and not kink cosplay. Yeah, for male subs, it's real easy. I'm basically required to be naked most of the time, and there's no outfit for me, and that suits me just fine. But I do remember that you did give me slave rags to wear. Do you still have that? I certainly do. Yeah, it's kind of like a Dobby thing, you know, from, from Harry Potter. I think you need to be wearing that more. But the nudity is the best. The nudity is the gold standard there. I do enjoy your body. Definitely when we're living together, I will be controlling what you wear at all times. And it's definitely not going to be those junior soprano shirts <laughs> that, that, you know, I, I don't know where you even picked those up. It must have been from like some kind of thrift store from the 50s. But you've been wearing them since I've known you. I don't I don't have no idea where you get those. But I'm letting it slide because we have other things to think about. Moving on. Number so 10. It's the shirts. <laughs> I, I thought it was the plaid pants. <laughs> you have plaid pants. I don't think No, I don't. I'm <laughs> just yeah. joking. And the hats and the hats. It's all good um you know for cosplay. But anyway, silencing the treatment of a person as if they are silent lacking the capacity to speak. So vanilla examples would be talking for someone, talking over someone, ignoring what someone says. All of this amounts to not acknowledging that the person has an inner life or ideas and opinions and their own perspectives. Historically and today, Speech rights have, have certainly been limited in different cultures. In the kink world, 
speech restriction is also a thing. Yeah, I'm thinking that this would be fun for me. I don't talk very much in public as it is. So you talking over me or for me or telling me to be quiet in public would be a little humiliating. And I think I would get excited by it. Yeah. I mean, I love having conversations with you. I love being able to, you know, I need to be able to do that with anyone I'm going to hang out with. In terms of power exchange, I like the idea of speech restrictions in theory, but I don't think I would feel right about silencing Lance in kinky social situations, maybe because he's expressed to me strongly that he wants to make connections with kinky people. We are sidelining that from now because it's it's been challenging. I don't know. I, I think I'd be fine with you silencing me in kinky social situations but I have mentioned that I do want to be understood. And I think that just would allow me to serve you better. Definitely. I rely on your ideas and your perspectives and your opinions quite a bit. You know, we could play with it just for fun to start with. I've always been interested in silence for religious purposes. My mom knew a Taoist monk who had taken a vow of silence. I have memories of going out to eat with him and a few other people, and he seemed like he really enjoyed the conversation and was thinking about what people said, like he did all of the body language that showed that he was paying attention. He just didn't add anything to it. I think silence can be very, very powerful, at least as powerful as speech. But of course, it can be also very disempowering, which is a good thing for us. What do you think, Lance? 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 So that concludes our discussion of objectification. Next time, we'll talk about orgasm control as a form of domination. So until then, have a great week. Thank you.